Hi, I'm Anna Rosa Parker. And I'm Daniel Lamb, and this is Artist Inclusive, the podcast for ambitious artists who want to find clarity, community, and creative success. So today we have a, a bit of a different type of episode. We are not interviewing a guest. We are interviewing each other about a conference, uh, a networking opportunity that we both just uh, returned home from, uh, from Nashville, Tennessee, the Copywriter Club uh, in real life, uh, which for us is a great opportunity to network with other writers and other artists. So, you know, before we kind of talk about, you know, what we got out of it, Let's talk a little bit about how we prepared for it and sort of our mindset of, you know, going into the event. You know, what was what was your prep, your prep process like? Yeah, you know, I feel like my prep wasn't all that intentional, but a lot I, I know a lot of those people or know of them. And I was thinking, I think this is one kind of my long detailed memory about certain random details serves me well. And we can dive into that in a little bit. But I wasn't, I, I didn't go in with a, a full-on strategy. I, I decided to go a little bit organically into this and um, kind of just was looking forward to connect with people and to learn. You know, there are a lot of programs, you know, there's a speaker after another. These are long days too. But the prep was just to kind of go in and feel good and be well-rested and make sure that I would, you know, just take care of myself during the whole time. That was kind of, you know, one of my focuses to, you know, for me, it's like, even if I sleep a little less, but if I get a workout in, I have a little moment to myself before the whole thing starts. That is um, a strategy for me, just kind of for mental wellness, because it's a lot. This program was a lot. It was packed in. These were 14-hour days kind of thing. Yeah, at minimum. Yeah. I would have to agree that, you know, prioritizing rest and and being prepared for that kind of intensity is important. Um, You know, for me, going into it, I was was there to network, but I was also there performing and and Mm -hmm. speaking. And so it was especially um, energetically intense for me. Yeah, no, I saw you. You were in <laughs> when other people had a break. You were performing, so there was you were you were worked. <laughs> yeah, there weren't any breaks really for me except for before and after the days. Yeah, so yeah. I I felt myself, you know, even even having some you know intentional practices in place. You know, I got home and crashed hard, and I'm still yeah. catching up on 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 rest. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm tired, and on Monday, you know, we start early. And I was hosting lunch and dinner, so I was like on. So I was, you know, listening to others throughout the day. And then for both of the meals, I was kind of the host and keeping conversations going and having little games and things like that and choosing a restaurant and, you know what I mean? So that was also, Monday was, um, that was a long day. Anyway, I also wanted to kind of ask you how, how it went. Like, what did you do? Anything that... You can share any tactics for people that, you know, may be in a big room and and wanna wanna talk to other professionals, whether it's artists or you know, casting directors or you know what I mean. Like, did you? What kind of technique did you bring with you to talk to people, or how do you go about it? 
Yeah, so that's a great question. And I, I would say that there's a couple of things. You know, I would I would recommend like if you if you have a bunch of friends at a conference and then you also have people that you want to connect with who are not your friends or you know, not yet your friends, people who you don't know just yet. I would say try to prioritize getting outside of your friend bubble and outside of your comfort zone to go meet new people because otherwise it's easy to fall into uh, just sort of like a, I'm hanging out with my friends and not really, you know, reaching out to people that, you know, I want to connect with. So for me, um, you know, I tried to minimize the amount of time that I was spending with people that I already knew uh, and, and focus on, you know, making space for the relationships that I wanted to grow and the people that I wanted to meet. And, you know, it was a good balance. I mean, I spent a lot of time with friends, but I also got to connect with a few people who were, you know, on my sort of wish list of folks that I wanted to network with, um, folks that we might want to have on the podcast or people that I'd like to maybe, you know, partner with on other types of things in the future. And so mm-hmm. I think just kind of going into the event, knowing you know, to a degree, like who it is that you want to connect with. And, you know, mm-hmm. before we started recording today, you know, you kind of mentioned that it's important to know what to say about yourself when you go and meet a new person. And so having, you know, a clear concept of your personal brand and the value you bring to the table, you know, for whatever it is that you do, that's, that's really important. Yeah. Can you kind of talk a little bit about how you prepare to like introduce yourself to people. Yeah, you know, because I've been also, um, you know, evolving and changing and now I'm adding um, a speaking element to my career. And so because we're in the room with a, you know, a bunch of copywriters and creatives, I I wasn't selling my service to them this time. I just kind of wanted to get to know people. So what I did, I kind of limited, you know, the personal branding that I do to, uh, to artists. So, you know, when somebody would ask, you know, what are you doing now? Because some people knew that I used to be in hospitality and then I had, you know, pivoted. Um, so I said, you know, I help artists, uh, you know, build or create their personal brands and find clarity in what they do. So when they meet somebody, you know, for example, an actor meets a casting director, they can just lay it out really kind of clean with clarity and just to be intentional. Um, so that's what I said. And, and, and I was talking to this one guy who's been in this industry for a long time. And, and he said, so you're just working with artists? And I said, I'm starting with that. So I, I just left it out. I didn't even want to talk about, um, because I don't know, I, I wasn't, I didn't want to sell my service at that time, but I want them to get know me in a more neutral way. So I would come in with a no agenda. And I think it comes from, do you know where it comes from? And the, why I did that? Because kind of in the olden days, and when I was an actress, it would called like smoothing, right? You go into a room and you smooth. And that means you want something from somebody else. And I got so, it didn't, it didn't serve me well to smooth and I got kind of tired of it. So I came in intention, intentionally now with the idea of networking, meaning getting to know people and talking to them with no desired outcome, if you will, just to build relationships. So that was my focus to build relationships, to get to know people 
And so I kind of took out the fact that I do serve this kind of group of people as well. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It does. Um, and I, I've had the same experience of, you know, having to put on the, the facade of somebody who, you know, is really trying really hard to, you know, schmooze and network mm-hmm. and, and, you know, get the mo- extract the most out of other people. Um, and that's really kind of a cringy way, like, as I look back on it, to operate. Yeah. And yeah. So I found myself just going into conversations and just asking people about themselves and about their work, you know, and yeah. not really talking about myself unless I was asked directly about it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And there, you know, there was one speaker there, you know, Mike Kim, and he's really good. You know, he's a personal brand strategist and, and he was talking, I can't remember if he was there or it was on the podcast. I've listened to him quite a bit and he was saying, you know, you build these relationships and, and he had been asked if he only hang out with people on his, whatever level he's on, you know, whether it's elite or, or, you know, whatever level he's at. And, and he was like, well, no, but some of us did this together. Like I hang out with people that I've been building relationships with for a while and we started from zero. So if you're in a room, if you're building relationships with people, you can travel with them in, in this life and in your career. And what I'm trying to say is there are certain people that only want to talk to people that are above them, but it's really good to get to know people who are at the same kind of position, at the same level as yourself, because then you can go grow together and you build these strong bonds. And, you know, in a, in a couple of years, then you've gotten somewhere and you, and you do it together. And it's just so important. And I really want to emphasize this. And this is coming from somebody like myself who's done so much on her own. I was so like alone in this always. And I, it's just entirely different deal when you have buddies around you. And, um, and that's why I didn't use this opportunity to try to sell anything to anybody, but to get to know people, really like know them. And, and, and it is funny kind of how if you do that organically, and this is a room with 200 people, and I kept running into the same people like Amy, you know, I find the funny people and hang out with them. Um, <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you organically kind of run into the same people and they become your buddies, you know, and, and then you, you get, you know, you build these bonds with them. Yeah, 100%. I, I completely agree. You know, I think one of the, what, what I, what I took away from Mike Kim was, you know, he was really, he really did focus on, you know, cultivating, you know, sort of a, a, a crew or a league of people, if you will, like looking around and seeing the people who are sitting next to you and, and, you know, in your row. Uh, I think the, the, the big, like, sort of like tagline from his talk was, uh, um, mentor, um, I'm sorry, partner up, collaborate across and mentor around. And what he yeah. meant by that was, you know, partner with people, you know, that you can add value to that can help, you know, bring you upward, you know, collaborate with the people, you know, who are on your playing field, you know, make those people your, 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 your business besties and then mentor around, which means, you know, you know, find help from the people who are around you and give help to the people who are around you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good, that's, that's valuable. Um, yeah, and then also just like having fun. I had so much fun. 
had just like great meals and got to know people and and I do and I realized or I, maybe I forgot this about myself but I love to connect others. For example, you know, there was one evening a bunch of us was were in the lobby and I'm talking to a new friend Liv and um and she's getting together some people. She wants to kind of find uh, create a directory of other brand strategists and people that do brand voice and and then I I pull out another guy who who does brand voice and I connect them and and I then I realized I was doing this over and over. I was connecting people and I enjoy that. I really love to see you know because you you can't always find the people you want to talk to, but if people are doing this across connecting, if you know something about others and and connect these two people and and connect people that could have something um you know they could connect or work together you know potentially i do enjoy that so that's what that's kind of my what i what i put to the tail you know what i bring or come in with if you will um and that's where i remember some odd details about people and i can kind of pull that out and um you know it's it's i have to be careful with that too because i can remember some <laughs> details about people it can be almost creepy <laughs> You're like, I remember the shirt you were wearing when I first saw you. I can literally be like, oh, yeah, I remember you. I ran into you on this street, and you were wearing um, a blue blazer, and you were going to see your mom, and you had just come from a block. You know, like, sometimes I have to tone it down. Right. You don't want to go. You don't want to seem like like that guy from the stalker show, like (laughs) Joe Goldberg. Like, I see you. (laughs) A Tindler swindler. Yes. Um, so what else kind of did you come home with or what did you put into it or anything else you want to share? You know, one of the, one of the things that I really enjoyed asking people was just what, what were they getting out of it and what were they hoping to get out of it? Because it helped me kind of think about different opportunities in different ways. You know, like if I'm asking that question, I might hear something that I hadn't considered as a potential benefit or a potential opportunity or even just something as 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 mundane as you know what i'm just happy to be around people again i've been so isolated yeah i mean that was serious too like we've been isolated for over two years and now we were with people for you know four days like non-stop um that was i i I felt that i'm so tired still but i got so much out of it i had such a great time yeah yeah, it was great meeting new people. It was also really cool to, you know, over the past couple of years, I know you and I both have been really working hard on our our personal brands and our businesses and you know, to hear to hear people who are sort of coming along and getting their start in the community to to hear like, hey, you know what, someone heard something on a podcast where, you know, I said this and that helped them in a certain way. Um because a lot of times, you know, you you make these things and you put them out into the world and, you know, you don't really hear back about their performance or the impact until someone mentions it to you. And it's just kind of, um, it's kind of cool to hear that, that, that feedback in the wild. Yeah, that was really fun. I, I got that too. You know, it was, and, and, and you never know what they hear, right? Yes. People. Come. So did somebody come to you and say, I heard you say, this and that on a podcast and and was it like did they use it as a conversation starter or you know uh no it just came up in the conversation we were talking about i think experimenting and figuring out what you like 
and um, mm-hmm. they brought up that I had said something on uh, the the Copywriter Club podcast, and I, you know, I I never felt great about my interview there. I thought I didn't do that well, but I got great feedback on it, and, and it was helpful for somebody. And so, you know, that was kind of a validating moment, uh, and it also challenged my my head trash as well. You know, to think, yeah. that, you know, it's all about me and how great I can be, and it's like, well, I just said what I had to say, and you know that was helpful for somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. You never know what people are going to take away from it and what they're going to connect. I was um, at the lunch I was hosting this one girl. She's like, wait, I've heard you on the TCC podcast. And her question was like, okay, because you know, she heard that I live in New York and, and in Iceland. She's like, okay, my question for you is like, do you have two of everything or do you travel with everything? And where are your, your family frames? <laughs> I thought that was just a cute question. It was like not about the business, but it was like a personal question. I don't know, but she was, she was, she had decided that, you know, when she heard my podcast, that if she met me, she was going to ask me that question and thought it was really cute. Um, so yeah, you never know what people are going to take away with your content that you put out there. But knowing what you do put out there, as in having clarity behind what you do have to offer, is important, and that's where personal branding come come in um, strongly. Because if it's too vague, then uh, you might not connect with these people, or they don't know how to connect with you if you don't know what you have to offer, right? So, what else? What What did you? What was your kind of favorite sort of um, speaker, and why? You know, if we talk about um, presentation and, and, uh, kind of stage presence and, and, and that, you know, what, do you have something you want to share about that? Yeah, I think there are a lot of presentations that I enjoyed, but I would say that my, my favorite presentation was, uh, Sarah Ashman, who was speaking about, um, brand identity and, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, the reason that I really enjoyed her uh, presentation was because it was very, very personal. And, um, you know, it was clear that speaking yeah. is not her favorite activity, you know, um, <clears throat> but she, she was very, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Authentic. She was transparent, so, authentic. Yeah, mm-hmm. Transparent and authentic. Um, and, and I really connected with that. I, when, when people are very much present and emotionally connected and transparent, I, I tend to really tune in. Yeah, agreed. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And then I, it's, it's, you know, and, and some people are not, you know, meant for speaking or it's hard for them. Uh, and they, you know, and some people tend to kind of hide behind the, the podium but I, d- I did enjoy seeing people that were really stretching themselves, not that they should be uncomfortable, but people that are not used to speaking and what they did with it and how they they kind of up their state's presence by um, just doing it, actually. Some people walk back and forth. Some people stand behind the uh, podium. And, and then people have different visuals to offer. Um I like when there's a little bit of a interactive, not, I'm usually do not like when it's interactive because I just want to sit there and learn, but it does keep kind of nice flow in the room and, and, uh, and energy, 
you know, like Raven, she did this kind of activity where she split the group and and to redo kind of like a it could be in in any industry, just like to to bring in a model and have the audience redo it, come up with a new idea about something, and that was kind of fun too to be a, a part of it. And and I, I surprised myself with that, that I partook in it because I used to hate these kind of things, but I was excited about it. You know, I was like all in. Yeah. Uh, that's an interesting one. Um, I really enjoyed the introduction to that. Um, you know, she came out in a costume and it was yeah. a framing device. And, um, but uh, the, the interactive part gave me a bit of anxiety. So I, I wasn't a huge fan of that because I don't like group activities, but that's just yeah. me still trying to become person again after long term isolation. <laughs> no, but I, I I agree with you. And I used to be like that, but for some reason I I enjoyed it. There was something about this is I want to say this because I think you really are in uh, you're comfortable and and where you're supposed to be when you are able to be yourself. Uh, I felt like I was able to be one hundred percent transparent with people. I didn't have to pretend to be somebody else. And that was a very comfortable. I think it's also the era we're in. We're talking about certain things we haven't talked about before, you know, mental wellness and, and other things that have been kind of, uh, you know, hidden and, and taboo to talk about. So I did enjoy that. Just I didn't have to put on a persona. I could like actually just be myself and con connect with people that way. And, um, that's like a first for me for in this kind of a space that I could just like be myself. It was, that was very rewarding. Yeah, I would absolutely agree. And I think that, you know, the, the pandemic has made us all a lot more honest about ourselves. And I think that, you know, I, I got to see sides of people that I hadn't seen before. And, and that was a beautiful thing because I think, you know, there was a, a level of vulnerability and trust, you know, in the relationships that have kind of matured yeah. over time. And then, you know, the last yeah. two years have worked on us and worn us down a bit in some ways or built us up in other ways. And, um, absolutely. I would yeah. say that I ha absolutely agree. And then it was just fun to meet people that you only knew virtually that you've only known, you know, via Zoom and, you know, virtual rooms and just to meet them in their three dimensionally, you know, meet them in person was really cool. Yeah, that's my that's my favorite game is who who is who looks exactly like I thought they would, like height wise, who's taller, who's shorter. Um yeah. over under. It's a fun game to play at conferences. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And how about Nashville? Did you have some good food there? Oh goodness, yes. Nashville is a great town for food. Yeah. Lots of good tacos, yeah. barbecue, southern food, all the stuff. Thai food. Mm -hmm. Very spicy Thai food. Yeah, my last night I went to this place called uh Rolf and Daughters. It's kinda like a farm to table, sort of that concept, oh. you know. Um that's been around for, for a while, but it's always fresh. That was nice. And yeah, there was some good. That was a good taco place there, right by the hotel. Oh yeah, yeah. If you're if you're in Nashville, Joe, go check out Velvet Taco. It's a little counter service restaurant, and they have some really good uh, concept tacos there. Yeah, yeah. It was it was it was comfortable. It was like a. I felt like I haven't. I mean, 
I I'm not gonna lie. I I haven't been to a conference like that since like I was aerobic teacher, like in New Orleans. And <laughs> packed in conference like that where you just live that conference life. Yeah. And I I didn't really I kinda wanna go back to Nashville because I didn't see it. I was living the conference life. I was like on the premises, we stay in the hotel, you go downstairs, you know, you do the conference rooms and then you you obviously there's a rooftop, you know, so you have a drink with somebody there and I like barely left. I didn't see Nashville at all. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that that's definitely a vibe. The conference sort of, you know, you're stuck in the room uh, or not stuck, but you know, you st- you tend to spend all your time in one place and, you know, all the while knowing that there's this whole culture and city around you. So you only get to yeah. see a fraction of it. Um, we on our last day in town, we did get to drive around the city a bit and go to a few places, yeah. and it was nice to um to do that. But again, I, I I would also love to go back and just hang out and and explore on my own because it is a very cool place. Yeah, yeah. You went to like a guitar shop and something. What did you do for fun? Yeah, we we uh, we went out and explored um, the east side of the city and got some donuts and coffee and you know a nice place. And then we went downtown to uh, Carter's Vintage Guitar Store and I got to play some really cool like you know nineteen fifties and sixties guitars and you know lots of cool vintage gear. We saw um, a Fender Strat that used to be owned by Johnny Resnick of the Goo Goo Dolls. Um, just a lot of like you know little historical pieces of gear and um and that was a fun place to visit yeah i know and people are going out at night i didn't have that in me i was like in my hotel room by before 11 or 10:30 but people are doing some honky tonk some honky tonk <laughs> activities and line dancing and and whatever and all of us who are like not from america you know either australia or europe or even canada we would just call it honky tonk Hey, you want to do honky tonk tonight? <laughs> and you know, my husband Shinka was like, "What is honky tonk?" I was like, "You know, the the honky tonk." He's like, "What? Like line dancing?" I was like, "Yeah, that, that, that's yeah. that's honky tonk." That's one. That's that's one version <laughs> of honky tonking for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, so you didn't do any honky tonk? Uh, negative. I did not. I did not honky tonk at all. Um, I went out a couple of times, but the the it was the late night crew that was hitting up the honky tonks, and so. Uh, yeah, honky tonk. Yeah, I don't really love like the extraordinarily loud, crowded places, so no. I would not have enjoyed it. Same. I did want to go to uh, the Bluebird Cafe, but it didn't happen. Next time. Yeah, I heard, I heard that um, a couple of people went, and they said it was extraordinary. Was it worth it? I mean, for them, I think it was. <laughs> I didn't yeah. go. Yeah. Uh, but they were, you know, they posted and said, hey, if you ever get a chance to go, you, you got to do it. Okay. They they do bring like world-class singer-songwriters together and, you know, they have yeah. really good. I just really- know it from that show in Nashville that was, you know, a few years ago. Kind of like a soap, but yeah. Way back in the day, they used to have a live from the Bluebird Cafe show. I think it was on um, PBS or public uh, public broadcasting, and uh, the the performances were always really, really, really high quality. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? Uh, I'm going to add one more thing that I feel like you know, like Shango was asking me what I kind of got out of it too, and I was like, you know, it wasn't as much 
of um, technique because I feel like I'm, you know, I've been doing this for a while. Like I, I have some stuff down, but you can always add. But what it was more, I just felt kind of a, more of a clarity and like a mindset shift. Um, I felt just like very confident when I came back home um, in what I do. I was confident in what I do and what I have to offer. Um, I think that was kind of a, there was a bit of a shift just to go out there and, and even if you're not like fully testing your work, but you are with people who are doing similar things. And, and in this industry, we can kind of, you can create your own ticket. You can sort of build whatever you want in a way. And it was, yeah, there's like, a got rid of some limited, be- limiting beliefs. Yeah. I, and I think that I kind of had a similar experience, you know, um, as a musician, I think I was always a bit intimidated by Nashville. And so to be invited to play there in front of a bunch of my peers was, um, was, it was a fun experience. And I, you know, really enjoyed, you know, getting, getting back into the performance mode, um, you know, from a music standpoint. Although, um, it also reminded me of like one of the reasons why I never enjoyed touring very much, which is, you know, having to constantly being, uh, setting up gear and breaking down gear and moving big stuff around. It is a lot of work. Um, so yeah, that was also slapping everything around. Yes. That was, uh, that was not the fun part, but, um, but despite that, it was a really good experience. It was a lot of fun and rewarding to be, you know, yeah. there. Yeah. So I guess the takeaway is to, you know, when not working, have a bit of a, have a, not bit of a, have a clarity on what you come into the room with, what you have to offer, who you are. So it is really clear when you do talk to people, whether they're kind of your peers or, you know, whoever is in that sandbox at that time. And, and also it's not always about asking for something from people. It's sometimes about just getting to know them. Or if you have something to offer, I think that goes a long way too. Like for now, I'm going to, I'm going to follow up with some people, not to ask anything from them, just to say that I see them and I appreciate them. And, and, uh, just to call out what, I, what it is that I appreciate, you know, and, and what they gave me. Cause I think it doesn't matter where you are at what level, if somebody compliments you and appreciates you, that goes a long way. It really does. Yeah. Are you, do you have some follow-up techniques or somebody you can reach out to? And Yeah. I, I mean, there's definitely people I've already reached out to several people um, just to say, Hey, you know what? It was really great finally meeting you in person, you know, hope you have a safe journey home, et cetera. Um, but there yeah. are a few people I'm going to email, you know, about, about, um, you know, collaborations and stuff like that. Um, following up on that. Very cool. I, when I'm following up, I have to also like, I can't be too tired because I feel like that energy goes through. <laughs> so I have to like reboot a little bit and then kind of strategize my, my follow-ups. That's just me. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I got home on Wednesday evening. I'll probably do my follow-ups tomorrow after a long night of sleep. Yeah. Yeah. You, you did leave one day before me. Um, okay. What do you think? Is that, um, is that a wrap here? Nashville? I think so. Nashville networking, networking, networking and IRL. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's been real, Daniel.
tell it's you that. It's been fun. It actually has been real fun. Yeah. <laughs> it was really fun. I'm, I'm really happy I went. Yeah. And, you know, uh, sometimes you never know when the really the big idea is going to hit you. And I think for us, you know, we had a, a big idea right before we wrapped up, which was really yeah. and unexpected. Um, That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And it does involve the, the French festival in Atlanta. Yeah. Let's a clear thing. More about that later, right? Yeah. Until next time. Until next time. This episode of Artist Inclusive is brought to you by Dash of Copy. Dash of Copy helps artists, writers, and creatives with brand messaging designed to help you manifest your audience, clarify your artist identity, and level up your confidence on the path of creative success. Artist Inclusive is a production of Holland Creative and Dash of Copy. Our audio producer is Dale Isinger.